If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Aging in Place, we explore the intersection between how we age and our desire to continue living in our homes. Today's guest is Wanda Gotts, an interior designer and master instructor for the National Association of Home Builders and president and owner of Golden Age Living, which provides aging in place training and personal information management services to help retirees, seniors, and their families change or adapt their living environments to be safe, barrier-free, and convenient. Wanda has spent over 15 years in the industry and teaches certification classes around the country and around the world. Wanda, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Wanda. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wanda, tell us a little bit about yourself. I um, am a a woman of many uh, hats. I am a law librarian and have been for 43 years. And my mom got ill and she got cancer. And we lived in the same house for, uh, she lived in the same house for 55 years. But my sister said, oh, mom, you could come and live with me. She said, the only way you're taking me out of my house is feet first. I said, (laughs) oh, my God, we are in trouble. Because if my mom thinks this way, there is 100,000 little old grandmas that are thinking exactly like my mom. So I went to uh, I went to uh, interior design school in India River State College, and I focused on aging in place because back then I looked at and saw what the baby boomers were going to look like. And I said, you know what, there's enough customers out there for me, so I better start getting educated and helping them right now. What I did see was that the professionals, the builders, the contractors, they knew nothing about aging in place. And they'd say, well, the reason that we're not putting a shower in is because a curbless shower is because grandma didn't ask for it. I said, you're the professional. You should know that if grandma's aging, that you should be giving her those kinds of options. So I said, if I educate the consumer, then they're going to drive the contractor to get the products. So I did seminars. I traveled around. I did seminars to the public. And then I then took the National Association Home Builders Aging in Place certification. And then I saw that the contractors didn't have that information either. So I started to teach. So that's really how I got where I am today. And, you know, there's 
78 million of us out there that are waiting for you guys to help us. You know, I listen, thank you very much, Wanda. It's so so fun to hear that story. And for, the, for our listeners, uh, aging in place, according to the U.S. Census, is the ability to live independently, safely, and comfortably in one's own home or community as our lifestyles change over time. You know, I love this topic because we all age. In fact, we're getting older at the fastest rate since the Gilded Age in the, 19, the 1880s. Not quite sure what was going on in the 1880s, but um, it's very similar to what's happening now where the U.S. population um, today is over um, 58, 55.8 million people. Um, those are the people that are over the age of 65. And it's getting bigger every day. There's roughly 10,000 people every day turns 65 in the United States. So it isn't surprising that a recent study stated that 90% of adults over the age of 65 would prefer to stay in their current residence as they age. So this is becoming, this is this has been um, a reality for a lot of folks. This is becoming a reality for a lot of people every single day and will be a reality for all of us um, soon to come. What are some of the benefits and the realities of aging in place that you found, Wanda, in your work? Well, what I want to just back up and say is that the reason that my mother did not want to go and live with my sister is because she was tied to her community. The church that she went to was across the street from her house. Her little crony friends lived around the corner and she went and she schmoozed with them. She knew the mailman. She knew the milkman. So we were attached to our community. And if she went to my sister's, she was she was alien. You know, she didn't know anybody. The church was a few miles away. So she wound up being much more isolated than she did if she remained in her home. So the mm -hmm. resistance to leave is because of our attachments to our, not necessarily to my possessions, but to our community and what that community and how that community supports us. So the resistance is coming from psychologically, oh, you know what? I don't care. I want to stay in our home. COVID, I want to say, accelerated that because if mom was in a nursing home, now we couldn't even go and see mom. And this kind of made a traumatic shift in today's in today's population, especially the female. I think there's a bigger issue there, COVID, that you just brought up, which was it was also less safe to be in the nursing home because not to point any fingers, but a lot of talk that in New York, they were sending people with COVID back into the nursing home. Not only could you not see your loved one, they couldn't get out of there, right? So I think that people talk, I think a lot about aging in place and you bring up a great point about community and I'll get into that a little later, but your point, you there's also a safety factor, uh, uh, you know, being being around people that are healthy versus people that by definition, that group is already less healthy that you're being put in with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, well, and the, and the big factor was, I think that that helped us, at, A, it created an awareness of where we are, and B, our entire population or society said, oh, we need to change the pictures and figure out a better way to create people to be able to live in our homes. So we are now seeing that like that is being accelerated by um by by uh, Florida is the number 2 state with people retiring. The number 2 state in the country 
the one that follows us or before us precedes us is Maine. And that's only because it's a little tiny state and they got a lot of aging people there. But we, a thousand people a day come to Florida to retire. So those people want to remain in their home because they've created a, a, a community here. Because in Florida, you stayed six months in Montreal, and then all the Canadians are flocking to Florida for the next six months. So they've created a community, and this is going to be their forever home. So, you know, our job is to help to figure out how you create that forever homes for them. You know, I'm glad you brought up community. As we look not just in the U.S. or not just in Florida, not just in the U.S., but around the world, we're, we're hearing this trends about people who are getting to a certain point in their life and they miss the things that they, the lifestyle that they had when, um, when they were younger as they transition to assisted living facilities, et cetera. You know, we, we, we hear very often about um, uh, seniors in countries like Japan who commit petty crimes so that they can be put into jail so that it, so that they can be amongst people who are like themselves. So community is a huge driver. When we think about aging in place, sometimes we think about grab bars and bathrooms and ramps and, 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 and all that. But in reality, it's about how the resident and how the individual can live more comfortably, both physically as well as socially. Well, our main client, our main, sorry to say this, gentlemen, but us females are going to outlive you by 10 plus years. <laughs> so women are going to be. And so what we need to do is, again, we outlive our husbands, women that are couples that are married, women outlive their husbands by six to 10 years. So what we're seeing is um, an, another mindset changing. I'm thinking, who am I going to live with? Or who am I? Who do I want to live in community with? So friends, again, friends are coming together to say, "Oh, let's look at moving to X. Let's move to Florida and get a condo and share, or let's go to X, Y, and Z." But two or three friends are living, so we still create our mini communities. With also, if we are moving, we are creating a little a little mini community for ourselves. You know, when I think back when I was younger and you'd hear about people's grandparents where one grandparent would die, now the other grandparent was alone and perhaps was not able to live day to day on their own, it usually ended up one of two ways. Either they were well enough off that they could send this this grandparent to a, a nice facility with 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 all kinds of, of services or if they didn't they couldn't afford that they would take the grandparent back into their home and make room for them in the back room or something and they would live with the family uh it seems like now that as we're getting older we're getting older but we're healthier as we're getting older do you find that 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 that, that is less of an issue and it's more about people tr how we allow people to still stay alone in their place or are we just delaying that eventual move that we used to see in the past? No, I think that the, we're so no, two things have happened during my parents' lifetime. You know, my dad died at a young age. Life expectancy wasn't that long. Today, our life expectancy is much longer. So I am 74 years old. 
I have two sons, eight grandchildren, and I have a great grandchild. So we are looking at three generations or four generations that are living together. So this is really what is changing the ability for basically for people to uh, why. So we so those communities, those families are creating also their own communities, because if we have two or three generations, people are buying houses on the same block and they're living or we're creating a home where we're putting addition for mom and dad. I told my children, I'm living in the backyard in my own AD unit because my son is like sometimes a pain in the butt. But again, I want to still have my independence and I still want to live together. I have a friend in um, Bradenton. Her mom, her mom's 94 years old. They bought, she bought a little house on the island. Her sister got an AD unit. So her sister has her own little AD unit on the piece of property. Mom lives with the daughter, but now they're living in community by themselves. And we're seeing more and more of that. It might not be so necessarily everybody living in the same house, although that is an option if you have a big home, but we're creating those kinds of communities based on the construction, based on the living environments that we have here that are available. So you can have a little AD unit, you can have an addition put on the house, so you still can live together and you still have that community that we are creating. That is the trend that we're seeing right now. Well, well you know, it's interesting because it also has cultural implications, right? I think some culture, some cultures in America are more or less likely to have multi-generational households than others. And uh, so there's so there's that component um, uh, at, 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 one, at one side of the spectrum. On the other side of the spectrum, we're also fighting against um, the fact that there aren't as many kids now as that being born as they as they used to be. So the family sizes are actually shrinking. So so there's a question whether or not independence or independent living means a family member adjacent to your situation or not. Right. And and what and what does it look like? What is what does aging in place look like when you're by yourself, you're independent versus when you're your family adjacent? Well, I think that that defines it. My age group, so in the 70 age group, um, we came, I have seven siblings. So we've got those siblings and we all live independently. My ch my children, my sons, you know, one has only three children and the other one has six. However, families are shrinking. So those children and my grandson's 23, uh, my, my nieces are in their 30s. They are not getting married and they are not having children. So this and so our our population, aging population is going this way and getting larger. The population that's following us is getting this way, smaller and smaller. So we're going to come to a crash because a as I goodbye I'm, social security <laughs> that's right goodbye social security for that generation because they're not going to have it but who's so we're okay right now but who's going to take care of us when we're 80 or 90. so again our life expectancy is much longer but then again we might have more health issues because we are living longer and the generations that are behind us are they going to be able to take care of us? So the more children you have, the more um, 
amenities or services you're going to be able to have. The fewer the children the society has, then that look at Japan, they were allowed to have how many children? One, right? And look, so they live to 118 years old, but there's not anybody that's following them that's going to take care of them. So societies become extinct that way too. You know, the, you know, to your point, there's this whole study now on blue zones where people live now, now the age, now the, now old is a hundred, uh, where, you know, where I guess, you know, a while back it used to be 70. Um, so I think that our understanding of what aging actually is, is changing in and of itself. Um, but I like to think about, when I think about aging in place, I think about the golden girls. I mean, those are, remember, yes, that amazing was, show. And, and so this is, there was, there's also, it was multi-generational because they all were at the same age. Um, right. There was a little, there was a little old lady, Grandma, yeah. um, who turned out to be in real life. She was the youngest one. Um, so, but, but there's multi-generations in a department of, of, of women, um, who are friends and, um, and that, it makes it feel like is is the future potentially co-living among seniors, not not assisted, but I guess individuals, you know, friends assist each other. Um, uh, but there are living together in a home, not in a facility uh, that is um, that perhaps has amenities baked into it or built into it that allow for safe, convenient comfort um, and convenience. So um, what we are what we are trying to do um, is make a again a mini a mini uh, a mini home. So a mm -hmm. mini home would be let's have a community room that we can share. Um, then we each have our own bedrooms and we have our own space. But the nice thing is someone can come in and care for us. That's that's the trend right now. I'm okay and I'm perfectly healthy, but I'm preparing my space so that someone can come and care for me. Maybe they need to come and clean my house or maybe they need to go grocery shopping for me. So we're creating a miniature community within the, our larger community. I think that that golden girl trend, that's like what's hot right now. Because friends are doing that. They're already preparing. Who am I going to live with? How are we going to do this? And how are we going to set that up? So that, I think, is the future trend of um, of what we're seeing down the road versus larger institutions. Well, listen, I'm younger than you. I already need someone to clean and go grocery shopping. I'm in big trouble if that's <clears throat> if you don't even need that now. I am already halfway down that path. This topic has been a very big topic for us at the Real Estate Podcast. We've addressed it on episodes such as episode 90, Independent Living, episode 7, Access for Everyone. A lot of those shows were a little more focused on how we are adjusting homes, apartments, and living spaces for people who's, who have disabilities or, or, or become more disabled as they get older or have more difficulty moving around, reaching things, etc. Uh, when I think about aging, I also think a lot about there's another side of the disability of aging, which is the cognitive side, right? Now, you brought up a very interesting point about community and feeling better in the community. And I think I've read some different things about how being in a community that you know, being in a place that's familiar is better for people who are losing a bit of that cognitive sense. So there is something to be said, not only for teaching which is, I think you'll give, a, you'll give us a better example of what exactly your company's doing, but teaching people how to retrofit, but it's also how to build these communities, like you say, with familiar people, family and friends, and keeping someone in an area that they're accustomed to, to help with the cognitive side. Is that something you come across? 
Yes. And, um, and who is helping us with that also? So the church. So are, I go to church every morning and in that church, you build a community because you build friends and you can network. So we're bringing in that other culture, whether we like to go to the theater or whether we like to go to the, um, to, the, um, to a museum. So we're building those smaller networks and those smaller communities within that level because if we live by ourselves and we don't communicate, what happens to our brain? It starts to what? It starts to deteriorate. So I chose to live in a condominium versus living in a single home, which I had, because at least every day, A, I can see people. I live in a building that has 50 people. So again, I know my neighbors. During COVID, this was wonderful because at least I saw people and I felt connected and I didn't feel isolated. So that's the same thing that we're doing on a smaller level is building those communities, depending on what our needs are. You know, we've got people that like, to go, uh, you know, to the theater, or they like to go traveling. That's what that. So you're building those kinds of communities that are going to work. You know, I, I find that to be both an opportunity and a challenge at the same time, right? Because you know, when you think about uh, building amenities that people want into a space, that to me spells trouble, right? And I remember when even for non-seniors, for normal, for 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 younger people. Uh, you've got a building, the nice high-rise luxury building. They've got a pool. They've got a you know a, a pool room. They've got a movie theater, and that no one uses. And and so we 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 try to define or understand or forecast what interest um, residents would have, and this build these these massive um, environments that no one uses and we miss the ball. So I think anyway, when you look back. When I when I think about seniors back in twenty years ago and shuffle putt, putt shuffle and with shuffle putt whatever shuffleboard oh there we go yeah there we go so all these different activities that are kind of built in structurally into the environments uh, as being the the defining activity of a generation. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think we're going to start seeing people. You know, even you know, Jamie. I'm not saying that you're. You're, you're that old, but you love playing pool. Um, I love playing ping pong. Uh, someone else might love playing video games. So there's, how do you build um, you know, a community for all of those interests? Uh, and so I feel like there's a way, you know, there might be an opportunity to, to build smaller or build more personal or allow people to, to, to create the experiences for themselves as they age so they can age the way that they want to as opposed to the way that someone else Dictate, dictates them to, um, you know, in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, but little smaller communities like, um, uh, uh, you know, the community up in Northern Florida, where, you know, you have a hundred thousand people that are aging and they're building in those communities, but they also have smaller centers, meaning they might have an activity room or they might have a theater or they have a common area to where they socialize. So we could do that. Uh, you know, we do that also on us, uh, you know, in within our community, but we still want to have our own privacy. So I want to remain in our home. So whether my home is defined as a condominium or I'm living in a house, I still want to be in proximity to those kinds of activities that are out there, as long as I can feel connected. But most of us want to remain in our home. So 
It is what do we define home to be? So that's the critical factor is asking the client, well, um, so what does um, uh, Alex give me one word that home represents to you? So what does home represent to you? Sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, okay. And Jamie. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. We're not, we're not entertaining. Jamie, what, does home, what does home represent to you? Comfort. Comfort. Okay. Um, so if Jamie, Alex and Jamie, if you two wanted to be together and I needed to interview you, um, I would ask you what home represents. So if one person's representation is sleep and the other person's representation is comfort or whatever, um, I'm making sure that I'm going to try to help create that community or create the environment that's going to fulfill both person's needs. So that's actually... that's. That's actually a really good pivot in the sense of how should people who are aging and just now thinking about their options as they get older, what are some of the things that they should be thinking about and are doing at this point? Well, um, you know, I grew, I um, am a forward thinker and I always said to myself, where do you want to be 10 years from now? And I always was a forward thinker and said, oh, in 10 years, I want to be at X. Maybe we want to say, where do we want to be two years from now or three years from now? But by being able to say, oh, you know what? I'm about ready for retirement, but what do I want to do? Well, I kind of was planning my, you have to plan by asking the person, where do you want to be five years from now um, or 10 years from now helps to create the the, uh, path or at least the, the picture of where that wants to be. Oh, you know what? I want to remain my home and I want to be cozy and I want to be Rome and I want to read my books. So asking the person, not where I am today, but where do you see that you want to be in the future? That might help to create the environments to talk about, oh, you know, where is it? Do I want to live close to family? Do I want to live by myself? Do I want to live in a warmer climate? So that's the driving force in helping them to to uh, create the map of what aging in place is going to look like for them. Well, being so, forward thinking is so important to life in general. I mean, it's so funny when COVID hit, all of a sudden I was in, I was close to a high risk group. I'd never been a high risk group anytime in my life. All of a sudden I was so old that I was like a high, when did I become a high risk group? It's one of those things like writing yourself a will. You don't think about it. You don't think you have to do, you know, you have to do it in the future, but you never think you're old enough and then you're dead and it's a little too late. Um, so as people are thinking about these things, as people are trying to, to map out their lives and what they want to do and how rich they want their life to be in their senior years, is there, aside from what you do, the golden age of living where you're training people to, to be able to, 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 and you'll tell us a little bit of what that program is, but are there other uh, uh, programs out there or government assistance or insurance assistance that can help people as they navigate through that part of their lives? Well, I think that one of the important ones, for example, AARP, they do an excellent job of marketing or 
engaging with the client, engaging with the people of where. So that is a great model because A, they touch into all the activities that you could do. They touch into um, your lifestyle, but that's the same thing that we should be doing as individuals. I would, uh, you know, have a conversation with you, Jamie, and I'd say, Jamie, um, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Where do you even see yourself five years from today? And I don't know what I had for lunch yesterday. I'm not, <laughs> you're gonna, I'm not the ideal client, <laughs> but I get it. But yes. I get it. <laughs> However, Jamie, it is important as we're growing older to really see, oh, where do I want to? So I'm going to give an example. I'm a law librarian and I've been managing private libraries and attorneys for 45 years. I saw the handwriting on the wall when computers came in. I said, uh-oh, I'm going to have to change them. I'm going to change my strategy because I see things are changing. So I went and became, uh, so I moved into technology and became an expert in technology so that I could support them. However, you really need to see what the handwriting is on the wall coming down the pipe. And where do you want to be that we see? So technology plays a critical, important component of our lives in the future. I think that's the, that's the number one thing that's going to help us to remain in our home, whether we're independent or we're living with somebody in community or we have disabilities. That is yeah, and more, and, yeah, in more ways than, 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 than one. I mean, you know, we think about technology, obviously, you, know, you mentioned AARP. And what I remember AARP as a kid to my parents, or was a younger adult, my parents, uh, was that it came in magazine form when the internet didn't exist, right? And that was your source of news information as you age. Of course, now the internet is here and most people get their information from ARP and the internet. Uh, and then now in the advent of artificial intelligence, we, we, we're, we're potentially gonna get more personalized solutions uh, real time about how we should live our lives moving, moving ahead. So there's that. The, the other part of technology is, just by default, depending on what country you live in, you're taken out of the economic pool. You're not, you're unable to work, unable to do anything and earn. Uh, we're coming on a generation of, 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 of seniors who will not have access to senior um, you know, social security and, 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 and money to live off of and may need to find avenues to work and to, to earn at a later stage in their lives. And using technology to do so because they're not they're not as mobile or what have you. So I think there's so many ways that technology can play a role in our lives as we age that will allow us to live independently, um, to live um, comfortably, uh, and to live intelligently uh, in in so many different ways. So I think you you've hit on a really powerful point there, Wanda. Well, and I'm going to say again, I'm going to mention that women outlive men. Um, so women are going to live alone. You've reminded us that. that. But what women really want is the first thing that they want is a sense of security. I'm not talking about security holding on to something, but I'm talking about mental security, that I'm safe when I come into my home, that I'm able to travel or thing. So that sense of security technology is going to play a critical role in making our homes. So when I'm looking at where my environment is and where do I want to live, I'm looking at security so that I know that in the in that rounding environment, that it is a safe place. Then I, if I feel safe in that place, then I'm going to start doing, and it depends. Our age, like my mom, 
we, uh, you know, the only thing I could do is push a button to open, you know, to ring the doorbell. She, she, there was no technology that we could get my mom to do. But after, you know, the generation after my mom, then that's when we started to have a phone. So this has helped tremendously. The phone has helped to educate the older client because now if we can get mom to answer the phone, this is a big step forward, right? So then technology, I think that age group is going to want those kinds of features in our home. And we as experts can provide that. Yeah. So as we wrap up, Wanda, uh, tell us a little bit for our listeners who are either in the real estate industry or in the general population and in other industries, golden age living, who exactly is your client? Who are you dealing with and what are you giving them? Just so we have a little bit understanding of that company as we wrap up. Okay, thank you. Um, so I am, so I deal with aging in place. I teach a certification course to interior designers, to builders, to realtors of who is the aging in client place client, what are their characteristics? How do we communicate with them? And then what kinds of modifications or how can we help them? So regardless of who you are in that food chain, it's gonna be a designer, it's gonna be an architect, it's gonna be the a realtor. So there is a lot of people in that food chain. I My biggest goal was always to educate the consumer. So I think if we educate the consumer and I did presentations in libraries on aging in place and these kinds. So once you educate the consumer, then they're gonna ask the questions, oh, who can help me do X? So and is there a place somebody can go to to get information on, on um, uh, yes, Golden they, Age Living? Yes, they can go right to my website, goldenageliving.com. And so I'm updating my website right now. But however, I teach the certification course. I have information on aging in place. And if people want more information, again, you can email me to weg at caps at gmail.com. I will be happy to answer a question. Or again, you can call me or you can send me an email or um, we can respond or we can continue having this conversation to continue educating the consumer in each of the topics that they might be interested in. And, and so thank you, Wanda. So I have to I have to second that and endorse you because I actually took a class and uh, I learned a tremendous amount. And not only did it inform me about um, some of the the, the core principles of, of aging in place, it inspired me to lean lean in and and do more and be more involved and, and, and thus you know create create resources uh, to, to help others uh, in this journey. So I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I want to thank you for your commitment um, to educating the community at large. And I want to thank you for your in- energy and enthusiasm. Um, as is as in fact we all need it, and so as we as we <laughs> as we live our lives, we, we could just only live up to to your um, uh, to your energetic and enthusiasm. So thank you very much for for being involved and being active. Yeah, I want to second that. I want to thank you as well, Wanda. It's such an important topic that is going to affect every single listener on this podcast <laughs> at, at some point. point. <laughs> and I got to be honest, we don't have as many topics so we can say that. So that's a great topic. So thank you so much for being such an expert. Thank you for what you're doing to help communities to help the aged as they move on to the twilight years of their lives. Thank you very much for coming and giving us all that information. You're welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week.